Hello everyone, today I am so excited to share with you that I had an amazing interview with my mom, Dawn, and she is the founder of her astrology business, The Indigo Intuitive, and I'm so excited to finally bring some astrology wisdom to the Sunshine Signal podcast. Astrology is something that's become a lot more mainstream and talked about in the most recent years. Overall, I think it's something that a lot of people want to learn more about. They want to understand more of how this tool can really impact our lives and how we view ourselves. And overall, it's just such an amazing system that's changed my life for the better, obviously changed my mom's life for the better, as you'll hear her story and what inspired her to start learning astrology and eventually give out readings. I hope that today's episode sparks a little bit of curiosity to continue learning more about yourself and maybe astrology is one of the ways and one of the lenses that you wish to do so. Without further ado, let's head right into the episode. Hello everyone, so I'm live with my mom, Dawn. Say hi mom. Hi mom. Funny, really funny mom. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyways, my mom Dawn is the founder of her astrology company, The Indigo Intuitive, and that's what she's here to talk to us about today since astrology is such a helpful tool and overall it's just become a lot more popular in most recent years and it's something that I think a lot of teen girls just want to learn more about in general. So my first question for you is going to be, what got you interested in astrology and set you on this journey? And why is it a tool that can help us with our whole life's journey in general? Well, thank you first for being the best daughter on the planet and being interested enough to share what I do with your group. This is fun. So I had my first astrology reading in 2015 and I just, I didn't know much about it at all. I was just curious because I'd had some friends have it done. And after the reading, I was like, how does this person know so much about me? It was so interesting and really opened my eyes to a different perspective that I could view myself objectively and look at how things kept happening or repeating in my life, different patterns that kept showing up, you know, situations I would find myself in those are all things that we can glean information from our birth charts. There's just literally a lifetime and depths of layers and layers of information in there. So the symbols were interesting to me. I have a lot of Sagittarius in my own natal chart, and that is a lot of symbolic thinking and interpretation of translating information. So that was almost like a recognition of how to remember things, and I just find it so helpful. I wanted to share this with people that I know, which is also a very Sagittarian trait, because once you have a belief system in place of something that helps you, you want to share it. So I thought, why doesn't everybody know this information? This is so cool. So that is kind of how it kicked open the door for me to continue learning about myself as a tool. And then I would start telling friends about it and then I wanted to learn it. So I started using that person as a mentor to educate me gobbling up every book and podcast that I could read almost seven years later I still do that as a daily practice yeah that's amazing I mean I always love it when you give me little insight on my birth chart and what's happening versus what's going on in the sky right now and how those things Mm -hmm. correlate and it's just a really amazing tool that gives us permission to be ourselves and again gives us objective insight on patterns or habits that we might not even know that we're 
engaging in. And overall, yes, I found it incredibly helpful like you. But before we dive further into the episode and talk about houses and planets and aspects and all about birth charts, we really need to define what is astrology and what is it versus what it's not, since there is a lot of misconceptions and misinformation about this tool. Yeah, like everything, you know, it's one of those ancient um, sciences, if you will, that's been used for thousands of years, and it's exciting that it's making its way back into mainstream culture and people are finding it helpful, but like a lot of things in the spiritual arts or community, there's a lot of dumbing down and watering down of the information and people aren't maybe getting it from the best sources. So that is just something to be discerning about when you're learning about your own chart and using certain apps and websites. You can't just look up anything and then be like, oh, this is me. So you have to be very careful about how you define those symbols in your birth chart and really want to get a clear, valid source that's adding value to you. So, you know, the classic saying, as above, so below, as within, so without, is really talking about the sky and the planets and aspects that they make and how they're not really causing anything to happen. It's more of a reflection or a mirroring of what is happening in your life. So it's that is how we use it as a tool in timing and cycles and just a reflective way to look at what that means to us. It is a symbolic language of the cosmos, like I said, and as an astrologer or someone who guides people and works with them on learning about themselves through their natal charts, I act as like a translator. I know what the symbols and the archetypes represent, just like a foreign language. And then I'm translating that and working with them to see how the things are playing out in their real life. I'm not telling them who they are or what they're doing. They'll remember and will connect on things. But I look to them as well as an active participant to how is this working for you? How does this show up for you? And then together we intertwine all of that to create a really dialed in approach to uh, whatever the question or inquisition is that they might have in a session. So to back up just a second, your birth chart will show you what your soul came here to do as you know, you as a human being on the planet and what lessons you're here to learn and what you came here to do and how we can evolve and how to relate with people and how you learn the best, how you communicate. There's all these different functions that we'll talk about in a minute that the planets show us again in translation. And there's so many layers of information that we try to weave to provide something helpful and useful. So it's it's a tool for guidance. It's for self-discovery, your own awareness. It really gave me a moment of personal acceptance when I had my reading, like, oh yeah, I know all this, but it just kind of helped me confirm, affirm, and be accepting of, yes, that is that is me, or that is why I do that, or that's why that keeps showing up. So that was really a good feeling and feedback, just acceptance of my authentic self from that information. So it is a blueprint from the universe or the cosmos and it's completely unique to you it's based solely on the minute that you were born and took your first breath and that's how we enter the data to pull up your birth chart and it gives us 
volumes of information. So we use it as a map that shows how the planets uh, speak with each other, if you will, and communicate energetically in the sky and gives us a, a loose uh, mesh on exploring your journey of what you're here to do on Earth and how things work. Amazing. And then we can also touch on what it isn't now that we have a good idea of what astrology is. So what is astrology not? I would say it is not a generic sun sign horoscope. You know, those are super fun to read. We all love those. They're actually more based on your rising sign than your sun sign. So that's a first yes. kind of a misleading thing that happens with those. But I grew up reading my horoscope and always loved anything that would tell me about myself. So it's super fun and we tend to take it when it sticks and it makes sense and resonates and discard it when it doesn't. So the reason being is that we have all 10 planets and all of the 12 zodiac signs in our chart. So we are all of them and there's just a heavier or lighter emphasis for each one of us. But that's why it's just not just the sun sign horoscope. It's super fun when you can pick those aspects out when you meet somebody, if they're shining that symbol really, you know, noticeably, but we got to go beyond that. It's much, much, much deeper and broader. It's not a crystal ball. We don't use it to predict. A lot of people want to know, of course, who doesn't want to know what's happening in the future, but that defeats the purpose of just being a co-creator in daily life. It is not a fear-invoking prediction method or a premonition of you're doomed or you're going to live happily ever after. It's, it's neither. And it's definitely not a, a faded document showing, you know, that you're someone who's completely helpless and void of responsibility to make conscious choices. It's not a permission slip to slough off or be aggressive or whatever the shadow side of these signs that we'll talk about are. But it's, it's, again, just a really solid tool of self-discovery and awareness and, and a guide for, for some cycles in our life. Yes. I mean, I have very fond middle school memories of looking at the sun sign quotes on Pinterest and all the different things that it would say. But yes, it is a much deeper system that won't tell you if you're going to meet your soulmate next Tuesday. Before we go any further, if people want to follow along and look at their chart as we're going through this episode, is there any website or reference that you would recommend? The easiest, probably, and most well-known is just astro.com, A-S-T-R-O.com. I, I have no affiliation with it, but I know that's where I started, and it was free. Again, it's very important that you have your exact birth time. Otherwise, it can throw off the whole chart because your birth time sets up your wheel, as we call it, or your chart and the rising sign, um, which is the sign that was at the horizon when you were born. So it sets up your whole housing system. And if that's off, that can shift things as well as the moon because that moves super fast. And, and we definitely want to dial in the information as accurately as possible to use it. Yes. And isn't the rising sign even based on the minute? Isn't that very right. touchy too? Right. Okay. And set up your whole chart. Exactly. Yes. So definitely go and check with your parents and they can check on your birth certificate or I'm sure they have another document if you're right. not sure of what that is. So it's your birth date, your birth time, and your birth place. Yes. The and the location and is very mm-hmm. important too. Right. As well. Um, since that will change some things. Because it's showing us a snapshot of the sky, an yes. overhead picture of where things were at that time and place when you were born. So that's why it's a mirror again of, 
you know, that, that time snapshot. Perfect. So yes, if you want to follow along, you can definitely go and grab those three pieces of information and pause the episode here. If you just want to listen in and hear the information today, we are going to talk about the planet signs and houses next and what all of those different things mean. Yeah, we just want to give you guys some foundation that we, so you can understand what we can provide and kind of where this is coming from and things will make more sense to you. So when you do want to go pull up something on your own, you can start to kind of put the pieces together. Haley might post a photo, but if you haven't had a chance to see your birth chart or natal chart, they mean the same thing, or you know, you're not able to look it up right now, what it looks like, it's a circle, a 360 degree circle, and then it is divided up into 12 slices, if you will. So it looks like a pizza. Each slice is called a house, each of the 12 triangles. That will show where the planets are. So there'll be planets in the different places based on where they were in the sky, and each planet will be in a sign. And I know you guys are familiar with the zodiac signs because almost everyone I've met (laughs) knows their sun sign at least, right? So the planets are, they kind of tell us like the what of what we're going to be talking about. So each planet has a primary function, like what does it want to do? Um, what action does it want to take? So if we're talking about your moon, you know, your the primary function is your, it's like moon and mood, right? It's what mood are you in, your emotional body, your emotional state, what are you feeling? How do you feel secure? How are you vulnerable? When do you feel cozy and all those things? So that's that's like the planet. Or your Mercury as a planet would show your communication, your thinking, and how you speak and share information and in that way. Each planet has a function, and we would go through those in a session. Or if we do some future workshops, we can certainly dive into different things. You know, what does your Venus do? What does your Mars do? What does it want? And then each of those are in a sign. So the zodiac signs, I say it's kind of like this would be the how, like how is this planet being expressed, right? So we've got the sun and Haley's sun is in Pisces, the zodiac sign. So her sun is kind of wearing a costume, uh, a Pisces costume, I say. Like it's got its outer wrapping and its outer flare, and it's going to express itself in those Piscean ways. And we use the word archetypes a lot, which is basically just the characteristics or traits that that sign is showing or how it's expressing itself. And then the houses are the where. What's the stage? What's the area of life that things might happen to activate those planets and signs that are in those houses? So it's the the energy and how it plays out. Okay, amazing. And then we have the big three that we should talk about. Yeah, a lot of people, I think these days, especially the younger crew, is knowing in what their their big three are or the main three um, energies in their chart. And sometimes we'll meet people now and they'll ask people, oh, what's your sun, moon, rising? So it's kind of funny. Um, I My don't coworkers know, I don't and I know do, if they yeah. know, but they like to ask. So it's funny, which, which again is cool, but it's all how you're using the information. So your sun, like I said, is, is it's not really planet, it's a luminary, but we'll throw it in the category of what does it want, right? It's, it's the what. Well, your sun is your creative self-actualization. It's your external, you know, the sun in the sky is shining very bright and 
people see it, right? So when you see someone exuding their sun sign, that's kind of when they light up and it's like their tone or their vitality, their creative expression, how they're shining when they're doing their sense of purpose. And then again, it would be doing those things in whatever zodiac sign their sun is in. The moon then is more of that internal, right? The sun is the masculine or the yang and the moon would be more the feminine or the yin. It's that emotional landscape inside. It's how we feel safe, how we digest experiences, our emotional maturity and attachments to things. And that again would just show and display and function based on whatever sign it was in. And then the rising sign is hard for people to understand. They get confused because it's sort of elusive, but it, it is, it's our projected image in a sense that it's how we show up in the world instinctually. It's what kicks off your whole chart in the first house. And it's a very outward, like it's not your personality. It's more of that ego and just, I'm just here. It's your raw energy. So I like to say it's kind of like your aura or your vibration where you just show up and you're not really doing anything by thinking about it, but people feel your presence in that state and they would respond to you based on how that's happening. Would you say that your rising sign is more of how people perceive you? Is it more of an outward thing while your sun is more of who you yeah, are innately? I think people do perceive you that way as if you're, you're kind of just going about doing your thing and you walk into a room perhaps or you just showed up at a party and walked into a space and you're just being you and people automatically get like a first impression about you or they just feel your energy perhaps as you kind of showed up so okay so people may be able to sense like your rising sign if they don't know you on a deeper level would you say that's accurate yeah I think so the other thing I was going to say about that is sometimes People don't, like clients or even myself, when I first went in, I'm a rising Aquarius, and when she was describing it to me, it didn't sound like me, because I'm kind of just innately doing that, and it's also something that you develop over time, like your son, but sometimes you don't see yourself like that, but it's what other people pick up on, like you said, so yes. Okay, good to know. And then one of the biggest questions that people have in general is that, if your sun sign is affected by other signs, because I think sometimes people seem like they may be the quintessential Aries, like maybe they're very driven and they have some of the archetypes that we're going to dive into as we talk about some of these signs, but is your sun sign affected by everything else that's going on in your chart? Is it affected by your moon sign, your rising? I think a lot of people are confused if it's just, I'm an Aries sun, or if that varies based on your moon sign and other placements. I think there's probably three or four answers to that. One, each sun in their sign can be displaying either like a higher expression of the energy or kind of a lower or like a light and a shadow. So it depends on how that person's actually living their sun, if they're feeling those energies or not. It depends on which house it is in your chart. I mean, it could be in more of a subjective house or a house that would be under the horizon. Like... If you were born at night, it might be under the horizon. That just may be more like a, a quieter space, or it just depends. I don't want to get too deep into it, but it does depend on where it is in your chart and how that affects its expression, as well as the sign, like I said. And then there's other things that we didn't talk about, but there's the way the planets communicate. They make geometric angles as they speak to each other. 
in the chart. So if it's a square perhaps, or there's another planet right next to it, we call it a conjunction. If it was conjunct Saturn per se, maybe it's more of a suppressed or repressed energy on how that sun's shining, kind of like, uh, I want to shine, but I feel like it's, you know, I'm, I've got to work harder at this. Or So there's different reasons why that might be the case on why they might not feel like that. And then also because it's just not your sun sign. There's yes. all these other <laughs> things in the background talking and depending on how they are laid out in your chart, some are going to be more at the forefront and others are not, you know, they'll be quieter. Got it. So in short, there are a lot of different pieces to the puzzle that all affect it's each other. It's very complicated, yes. Yes. Okay. Amazing. And then did you want to touch a little bit more on each sign? Sure, we can try and run through it. I hope it doesn't get too long, but we can try and keep it short just for fun. Yes. If we want to talk about some of the archetypes or, you know, like I said, characteristics of the signs and then a little bit of the shadow, we can do that. I'm a fast talker. So yeah, can... let's do it. Okay. So, it's, and this is an order of the natural zodiac wheel, which would begin with Aries. And Aries is a fire sign. Uh, it's ruled by Mars, and Aries is how we take action. It is how we put ourselves out there in the world. It is how we make choices. It's how we initiate things. It's how we're assertive. It's the warrior energy, having courage to just go do something. It's very much about independence and freedom. It's about our instinct and surviving and just our outward projection of ourself again because that's tied into that rising sign or the ascendant because that's part of the first house that's why they kind of go together got it so again aries would be the trailblazer someone who can really stand up and be a leader they want to be free they may be more of a lone wolf because it's sort of a singular energy uh, a couple of the shadow ways that aries could express itself would be overly aggressive like we can be assertive but you can also be overly aggressive it's the ram right so they can be more like that headbutting energy i'm just going to do my own thing and i'm gonna bull my way through it um fighting you know overly aggressive overly confident this is the ego as mm -hmm. well so it can be reacting without thought or leaping without looking just you know it does it just goes it's a yes. fire sign so it's just you know out it goes that is kind of how that can manifest Taurus is next, and that is an Earth sign ruled by Venus. And Taurus is about our resources and in the physical. So how do we survive? What do we need at our basic level, such as food, water, shelter, clothing? These are some of the basics. I want some land so I can grow something so I can sustain myself. It's our innate skills that we have on how to do things for ourselves And it rules our resources, also material possessions, you know, like what is our, how much stuff do we need? What are we <laughs> hanging on to? It can be very grounded, sustainable, stable. If you think of that bull in the field that Taurus is represented by, it's very patient. It's very happy with the simple things in life. Um, it's also tied to our self-worth and our self-sufficiency, you know, so, and our, our value. The shadow side of Taurus, everyone says Tauruses are stubborn, but that's not always true, but it could be that you're comfortable. It's comfortable in its groove, mm -hmm. and it doesn't want to move. And you like your traditions. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not progressing. It's too, it can be too self-dependent. Like It's very self-reliant, so maybe it doesn't want to ask for help and having some low self-worth. 
So, or hanging on to things, being very attached to the physical possessions or money, like hoarding things and really being a penny pincher. So it can kind of be restrictive in that way. Then we have Gemini, which is an air sign and that's ruled by Mercury. And Gemini is all about how we think, how we process information, how we perceive things. It's very left brain to deal with our intellect. Gemini is all about how do we name things? How do I categorize? How do, you know, what can I read? Where's the facts? Where's the data? It's very heady. Um, It's about our siblings and our immediate environment, our early childhood. It can be very chatty, very busy, on the go kind of energy. So the shadow side of that, that, you know, Gemini's can be into a lot of things. They can multitask, they can be a variety, but the that also can lend to shiny object syndrome or distraction or doing too many things at once and perhaps talking a lot, overthinking things. I need more information. It rules education in the way that it's a, it relates to being a student, right? Because it always wants to find and learn more information. So not a bad thing, but that I think takes care of Gemini. And then we have Cancer. Cancer is ruled by the moon, and cancer is a water sign. Again, this is very uh, much related to our emotional world. It can be a sensitive place. It can be related to our vulnerabilities, our emotional attachments, our mother, how we caretake over others, which is, again, a lovely nurturing aspect of cancer. Cancer likes to grow things, uh, likes to have gardens and grow food and plants and take care of pets and any any sort of like really nurturing energy has to do with cancer shadow side could be cancer like the crab can hang out in its shell right i don't want to be vulnerable i don't want to get hurt when i crawl out of my shell and be a tender little crab or it can be overly emotional right very moody because it absorbs things from its surroundings. It's all the water signs are very much related to emotions and it's very sensitive to the environment. Cancer can be overly protective or nurturing to others and sort of self-sacrificing in that way too, as is Pisces. But uh, So that is cancer. So then they start again. So I don't know if you noticed, but there's a pattern of the elements where it's fire, earth, air, and then water. And that's kind of how they go through the, the 12 houses in that way. Leo is next, and that is a fire sign again, and that is ruled by the sun. So similar themes to when we talked about the sun, but that's how we shine uh, our creative self. It's how we love, how we share our heart. Leos want to be seen. They want to be recognized for whatever their creative gifts are and how how they want to share themselves with the world. It is another leader type energy, someone who can have courage and be very benevolent and a lot of leos can be magnetic people really like to uh, migrate towards their loving energy a shadow side to leo would be someone who is very self-indulgent who is all about them it can be another ego blown out of whack type of energy attention seeking always wants applause needs to be taking you know stealing the show it can be dramatic and self-serving and in those kind of ways Leos can be all about them, basically. Very subjective energy. Then we have Virgo. Virgo is the sixth sign in the zodiac, and that is an earth sign ruled by Mercury. 
And again, Virgo is related to anything, a process that has to do with self-improvement. So Virgo also has to do with healing because it's improving upon either yourself or helping others do that. Virgos can be very analytical. Again, it's Mercury, which is in, it rules kind of the, the mind, right? So how you, how you organize things, how you label things, how you analyze, having a process, finding a solution, being a solver. Virgos can either be very OCD or neat and organized, or they can be coming in here to practice this lifetime of how to be those things and learn to be a little bit more in check with daily routines and health and habits. That's kind of what this this area is about. Shadow would be perfectionistic of yourself and others, overly critical, overly analyzing, analysis paralysis energy. It can be the rescuer or trying to fix someone else perhaps, or even yourself. Like it's never good enough. Virgo's always in the dress rehearsal stage. You know, it, it wants to keep practicing and keep improving. Libra is an air sign and its ruler is Venus and Libra is the scales and that talks about how we receive. Libra is how we relate. It is where Aries is the opposite of Libra and it's all about the I or the self. Libra is about the we, the us. We're a team, you and I. So it relates to how we partnership, how we compromise, how we bring balance into things, how to be a good listener. Libras also love outer beauty and aesthetics and having good taste in decor and art and just having things look pretty and be nice in in environment. The shadow of Libra can be uh, people-pleasing, codependent, being extreme, right? If your scales get tipped being very overly concerned with appearances, those kinds of things. So there's always lessons in those areas. Uh, Scorpio is a water sign, which is next, and that energy is ruled by Pluto. Scorpio always wants to transform and regenerate, so sort of the death and the rebirth energy of a pattern or a process or a situation. It involves really deeply kind of merging or committing with another person or anything that involves your resources with others, such as finances, you know, when you invest in finances or real estate, or it can also do a psychological work or therapy, control, power, you know, things that are passionate. Scorpio is very deep. I'll tread lightly on the Scorpio here, but it is a deeper transformative energy that can kind of go into the shadows of how we operate sometimes. And it can be somewhat unconscious to us because it's under the surface. Scorpios are great detectives or great investigators. They want to get to the root of something. They want to rip the band-aids off. They want to look at stuff and know why is this this way. The shadow side, again, can be like too much power or control. Too, you know, you're too intense. Tense. You're too hyper-focused. You become obsessive. You have, you don't trust anybody. You're, you know, there's secrecy, manipulation. There's all these things kind of that can happen when Scorpio's out of whack. Moving on to the lighter energy, and we're now in Sagittarius season here. So Sagittarius is a fire sign, and it's ruled by Jupiter. 
Sag is our seeker type of energy. It's the opposite of Gemini. So it's more of this higher mind, this higher truth-seeking philosophy, belief system. It's a little bit of the more bigger picture of life. It's more that right brain, the using your intuition, that innate sense of knowing and trusting and having some faith, but also going and having an experience where Gemini might read a book and gather information and talk to someone who's maybe traveled somewhere. Sag is going there. They're going to go have the experience for themselves and then they really know what that was all about. So it's definitely the the energy of being on a quest or the journey for your truth in your life and, and what is the meaning of it all. It's very much into naturalness and expansion. The shadow could be too much. Jupiter is always the, it's the biggest planet, so it's always about expanding and overindulging and being excessive <laughs> and limitless, right? Sag can also be very preachy when it thinks that its way is right, so it can be my way or the highway as a shadow type of energy. So we have Capricorn next, and that is an Earth sign ruled by Saturn. And Capricorn is the energy of responsibility and discipline and kind of being it's almost like that adulting or parental type energy where you do the work and you get the reward it's very no nonsense it's how you can you achieve your it's that sea goat climbing the mountain right you work hard you get the reward you get to the top capricorns can be very disciplined and it can be masters of what they've what their craft is because they've worked very hard. So it is kind of that CEO type of energy as well. Shadow to that can be very controlling. If you think about Saturn having the rings around it, it can be sort of rigid and stuck in its own container. It doesn't like to go outside the box. It sort of defines the box. It can be very structured. It can be somewhat of a depressive type energy because it's very 3d earth mundane practical type of energy too all the earth signs are but capricorn is very focused on those things and and sometimes the boundaries are too limited so next comes aquarius sort of break through those things and that is an air sign ruled by uranus and aquarius is all about breaking the box and being a revolutionary and freedom and liberation and it wants to think of a new way to do things and break the mold and what do we need in the future and how can we innovate and it's that that air sign so it is related again to the mind and being a very genius type inventor or you know creative energy on how to solve problems and create things and it can be related to technologies and media and all that futuristic stuff as well, but it also relates back to humanitarian type energy because it's serving a collective and it's like-minded tribes and groups of people. The shadow of that could be the rebel. You can be too radical, right? Too unique, too outside the box, if anyone's defining that. Too eccentric, a little bit detached and unemotional sometimes and kind of hermity it can also be like a mad scientist kind of like you know <laughs> doing its its thing with experiments and this energy can also be a know-it-all a lot of times because it does know the right answer it can be very uh a lot of very intelligent people who are you know have this in their charts heavily but nobody likes to know it all so very forward thinking it's a yeah absolutely and then last but not least, like my darling golden child here oh. is Pisces. <laughs> and Pisces is a water sign ruled by Neptune. 
and Pisces is the end of the wheel at the 12th house where all dissolves back into one. It is the dreamer, the creativity, using imagination. It's anything, it's opposite Virgo, who is very much about your real everyday life, earthly, and Pisces is the opposite, which would take us out of here. So it's any of the realms that are involving spirituality, yoga, meditation, mystical arts, music, poetry, dancing, any of those things that feel very dreamy and creative and that we go to to kind of leave the harsh realities. Pisces are very sensitive. They can be very, they can feel energetics of people very easily, like a sponge, right? You think of the water and it rules the sea. So there can be some boundary-less issues with Pisces not having uh, a hard boundary. Pisces is very kind and compassionate, I should say, as well. It's like that unconditional love energy. So part of the shadow could be the rose-colored glasses syndrome, not seeing people clearly. You always want to see the good in people, a little bit of being naive. Pisces can be very self-sacrificing. They can also be prone to escapism, like world is so harsh, I need to go watch Netflix all day, or I keep going in to read my book, or I go online a lot to escape or play video games or shopping or whatever it might be. That's just, again, something to watch when that gets out of balance for, for Pisces. So I think we did it. Woo. <laughs> oh, hopefully that All was... 12. No, I thought that was... well by your listeners. Yes, I hope so too. I know that it's always, like, I even enjoyed listening to those archetypes again. And like we mentioned earlier, there's all of those signs in our charts. And it's really interesting just for me to hear again my big three. But then also I can see so many of those different archetypes in my friends and family. And on that note, do you think that it's helpful to know the astrological makeup of your friends and family and what insight can that give you in those relationships? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something I use all the time um, and our family and friends as well. And then I, I would love for families to learn more about this as a group because it's so helpful just from a level of understanding, a level of communication, a level of support and really being unconditional, not taking things personally. When you know how you know, their moon sign can lead more into how they feel or what they need to feel safe and secure and understood, their Mercury is how they best communicate or receive information. There's all these different planets that can lead to more of an understanding of why someone's reacting or acting the way that they are, for sure. Perfect. Love that so much. If you and your family are interested, um, definitely astrology is an amazing tool to explore. And it's really helped our family a lot. And it's been fun learning everybody's charts. Yeah, we call each other out all the time, every day. We're like, oh my God, dad, you're such a Gemini right Right. now. (laughs) It's kind of a funny thing. And just before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about another misconception and we talked about how astrology is not meant to be a fear-based system but sometimes things like mercury retrograde can be interpreted as such where we think that the world's ending and we blame everything that didn't go right in the three weeks of mercury retrograde on that event we're like oh this broke mercury retrograde this didn't go my way mercury retrograde so can we just talk about this one misconception i'm sure that there's many but what really is mercury retrograde Yeah, for sure. So it usually happens three times a year, sometimes four. 
But I, you know, like everything, I try to look at it from an objective and positive perspective on this isn't here to harm us or cause fear or invoke rules. It is to help share insight and reflection and in our lives with each cycle. So Mercury retrograde is an opportunity, I would say, for those three weeks where it appears that that planet Mercury is going backward in the sky. And that means kind of just take a pause. Let's use this opportunity to not take all this action or have all these communications or fire off all these emails or sign all these contracts. It doesn't mean we don't do these things, but it means that we slow down enough to retrace some steps and give us the ability to disorganize things. That's when you say like things are falling apart or I got in an accident because I was rushing or my computer broke down. Well, that just means that you're going at status quo speed and the universe is saying, we're asking you to slow down and check in with yourself. So when we resist that, that's when those things can happen or go askew. And if we're aware of that cycle, just like we can work with a rainy day by grabbing an umbrella, we can understand that it's working for us and gives us an opportunity to be like, oh, I have permission now from the universe to slow down, to really double check everything, to read through everything. Is this really the best way to say this? Is this really what I want? Depends on what planet's going retrograde, but Mercury specifically is really talking about those communication things and relating in those ways. We would use it again as an opportunity to sort of reorganize and rewrite going forward so then when it turns direct, you have gathered more information, you've retraced some steps, you're going back over them, you can see things more clearly in that regard. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yes. So Mercury retrograde, we should treat it as almost like a little check-in point, like internally, like as like a reflection point. It's like a gift. Like just hold on. You don't need, yeah, exactly. It's more introspective. Don't blaze forward. It doesn't mean you put everything on hold and you can't take action, but it's at least asking you to reconsider that maybe you don't have all the pieces yet. Maybe you got to go back and pick up some more information on it. Maybe you got to go back and look at it from a different perspective. And then once it goes direct, you're like, oh, okay, now I can use this information. I collected it along the way because I didn't see it before or I forgot about it or this person came in and that person went out. Now it's coming together. Right. Okay. Amazing. Love that insight. And then just to wrap up today's conversation in your eyes and your perspective as an astrologer and as somebody who gives readings, what are the benefits of receiving a reading and when you do readings, is it based on any question? What types do you do? Like, what, what should somebody know about getting an astrology reading if they haven't had one before? Just what are some of those wholesome benefits that come with a reading? Well, again, I think that we probably touched a little bit on that earlier, but there's infinite cosmic, cosmic wisdom here. There's endless information, you know, as we continue to evolve, like I say to a lot of my clients, if I were to speak with them five years ago or 10 years ago, we'd be talking about different things. Even though your natal chart is the same for your whole life, you're always in different cycles. You're always engaging with different people. You're in a different situation, perhaps even a different town. And the current planets we call transits is something that we use, which is where the planets are in the sky at you know the time that 
we're meeting and then I overlap that with the natal chart and that's more like we can look ahead and look behind and why this happened or when is a good time to make this happen or start this business we can kind of work with it in that way so I like to use my first session with clients to really get them just a good understanding at a foundational level of how to understand their chart feel out how it's working for them get to know them and then they can come back and we can work on certain things depending on what cycles that they're in in their in their life did that answer the question yeah that was amazing thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my listeners today it was so fun i i mean we're both astrology kind of nerds more so my mom Mm -hmm. i just like hearing everything she has to say but it was definitely a fun conversation i hoped everybody enjoyed it as much as we did And can you just give your website or Instagram or any place that people could connect and learn more about astrology? Oh, sure. My website is theindigointuitive.com and uh, it shows a little bit about the process and my approach to things. There's a connect section on there if someone is interested in uh, reading, which would give all the birth data information. And my Instagram is theindigointuitive. Perfect. And I'll link both of those in the show notes. Thank you, Haley. (laughs) All right. I hope all of you enjoyed that episode. I definitely had a lot of fun recording with my mom. Seriously, such an amazing person to learn astrology from. And I just really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And I hope that you had your eyes open to more of astrology, maybe more of a holistic picture of what astrology is and it's again it's so much more than just our sun moon and rising and i hope that maybe this episode sparked a little bit of curiosity for you to learn more so if you have any questions on astrology by the time this episode is out there should be a corresponding instagram post notifying all of my instagram followers of this new episode so if you have any questions feel free to comment them below on that post or dm me about astrology I'd be happy to answer any questions or if you have any ideas for future workshops that you'd like to see or future episodes on astrology, I would definitely love to have your feedback. And also, I know that my mom was trying to explain what a chart looked like. And if you didn't have a chance to look your own chart up during the episode or you can't find your exact birth time information, I will also have an image of what a birth chart looks like attached to that Instagram post. So you can go over to at the sunshine signal on Instagram and you can check that out if you're interested. As always, thank you so much for being here. It's seriously such an honor that you are taking part of your day to tune in and thank you honestly for showing up for yourself because this podcast is all about really getting to know yourself on a deeper level, how we can become the best versions of ourselves and I hope that you took something amazing away from today's episode.